it's all right if you just put your hands on it, right? Oh, yeah. 
morning by morning, new mercies we see. Great is his faithfulness unto me, unto me, unto me, unto me. There's nobody like it. Nobody like it. Somebody ought to celebrate him. Nobody like him. Somebody clap your hands right there. When we talk about there's nobody like him, we're talking about the goodness of the Lord. How many can say that the Lord has been good to you? Just think about it. Just take a minute. When I think of the goodness of Jesus. I said when I think of the goodness of Jesus. I don't take it for granted. I don't take it for granted anything that the Lord has done for me. Some days I wake up and I try to challenge myself. How many things can I thank the Lord for? I'm a competitive person. So when I say, you know, yesterday I did, you know, I might come up with 95 things. I'm going to look for 96 the next day. Because there's always something to be There's a spirit of appreciation in the house this morning. Let me hear it. Come on, open up your mouth. Because we serve a good God. We serve a good God. Song says, Lord, you are good. You've been so good. Lord, you are good. You've been better than good. I can't praise you enough. I owe you my life. Can't praise you enough. Even if I try, cause been so good. Yes, you've been so good. I'll declare it.
and I see all the things. Wonderful are the works of his hands. Marvelous are the works of his hands. We're standing here today only because he's been good. I don't take it for granted. I don't take it for granted. It could have been me out there with no food and no clothes. But it didn't see fit. It didn't see fit. It didn't see fit to let none of these things be amazing great. How sweet the sound that saved the rest. A wretch like me, he's better than good, better than good, better than good to me. Hey, I could go on all day to talk about the goodness of the Lord. ain't a show. This is real gratitude manifesting through the lifting of my hands. Because I believe that God has been good to me. Clap your hands right there. Oh God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you, thank you, thank you. The old folks would say, Lord, I thank you all the days of my life. Come on, Lord, I thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, I thank you, thank you, thank you. I said, Lord, I thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, I thank you, thank you, thank you. If you say it enough, your hands go up. If you say it enough, your feet get light. Because I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate him. Hallelujah to Jesus. Bless the Lord. Come on, keep putting your hands together. If God's been good to you, I dare you to give him 15 seconds of your best praise. If you walked in the church this morning, I dare you to give God 15 seconds of your best praise. If you drove to church this morning, I dare you to give God 15 seconds of your best praise. And if you're sitting at home on your couch and you cook breakfast this morning, I dare you to give God 15 seconds of your best praise. He's been too good. He's been too good. He's been too good. Bless you, Lord. He's been too good. Yes, God. Yes, God. Listen. During one of the songs, during one of the songs, Sam said that uh, Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. And just to put that into perspective for you, is that in court, when you go before a judge and commit a crime, sorry isn't enough. 
The judge is going to say, you better be sorry, but you still got to do the time. But Jesus stepped in. When you talk about perspective of the cross, Jesus steps in every time and says, here's my blood. He steps in every time. And we commit crimes daily. And every time we go before the judge, Jesus says, here's my blood. He paid a, he paid a debt he did not owe. So when you talk about he's been too good, he's been too good. You have an opportunity to praise him right now. When he's been too good, you have no choice but to praise him. Because every time you step before the judge, every time you go before him, he says, here's my blood. It's enough. It's enough. Oh, bless you, Father. Thank you all for being here in celebration for our pastor's 60th birthday and uh, 10th pastoral anniversary. We've been celebrating all month, um, and it's been a wonderful time uh, in, in the Lord. We've been enjoying it, and we're going to continue to enjoy it today. Amen? All right, let us stand uh, for the word and for the scripture this morning, for the prayer and the scripture. Father, we love you, we thank you, we praise you for this opportunity to come before you, oh God, and give your name glory. Thank you for allowing us to step into this place, oh God, as we usher in your spirit, Father, we ask that you rest on our hearts, oh God, that you sit upon the throne of our hearts, Father, that we are able to experience you in a different way today, oh God. Father, we pray that something is said today, Father, that resonates with our spirit, oh God. Father, we pray for revival within us, oh God. Father, we pray that you uh, uh, do something in this place, oh God, that has never been seen, Father. We ask for healing, oh God. We ask for restoration. Uh, we ask that you save somebody today, oh God. Father, we ask right now, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that your spirit continuously flows in this place, oh God. And we'll forever give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll now be reading the scripture for the morning. Be coming from two chapters in Hebrews. Uh, the first one will be Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. And the second part of that will be Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. And it reads like this. It says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had, power, that had the power of death, that is, the devil. And delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. Hebrews 4, 4, 14 through 16 reads, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace 
to help in the time of need. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word, sanctified in our hearts, that we may grow thereby.
worthy praise this morning he's worthy and I never get tired of calling on the name of Jesus Christ because everything is a man possible when you put Jesus in the equation we bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning we have just been ushered into the presence of worship and praise and in the presence of our God you ought to be feeling mighty good this morning like myself I feel good because that name of Jesus is being declared in the midst of the congregation of the saints it's offering time come on and put your hands together let's give God a praise God has blessed us amen to come through another week and he has blessed us amen with health and safety amen hallelujah we've had food on our tables clothes upon our backs amen the lord has blessed our going out and our coming in and this house ought to be filled with praise this morning because god has been so good to us 
Amen. Now we are thankful, amen, for each and every one, amen, that is here today. Amen. And we want to remind you, amen, of our obligation, amen, that we have, amen, come together to agree on for our, amen, pastoral's anniversary and his birthday. Amen. So if you haven't done so, amen, please do so, amen, that we may be on one accord and we may bless God's servant, amen, on this morning. Amen. Again, amen. Hallelujah. As we prepare to give, amen, we ask that you would stand, amen, and follow the directions of the ushers. And to those that are joining us virtually, amen, you will see instructions on the screen as to how to give and to support, amen, our pastor and this great church. Amen. God has been so good to us. His favor has been on our lives, amen, and we've been blessed because Jesus is in the midst. Amen. We're going to bless our offering. Get your offering in your hand. Amen. Let us give cheerfully unto the Lord. And the Lord will give it back to you, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. We sing a song in the church. Amen. You can't beat God giving. No matter how hard you try, God is always, amen, going to return it to you and bless you. Not only, amen, hallelujah, spiritually, but he's going to bless you physically in your body. So let us, amen, have a mind and a heart of giving on this morning, and God is going to bless us real good. As we look to the Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for having substance to be able to give in this offering. Lord, we ask that you would bless, Lord God, the hand that has to give and the hand that maybe not have to give this morning. Lord God, we thank God, amen, for their presence here in the building, and we thank God for their sacrifice. We ask that you would bless them to be able to give on the next time around. We ask that you would bless some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. We ask these and all blessings in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and let everyone say in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may follow the directions of the ushers if they give you direction to come around the table in Jesus' name. Oh, amen. Our deacons are here that can your gift. Amen. Amen. Online. So, amen. If you want to give with your credit card or your, amen, your other cards, you can give in the social hall in Jesus' name. Thank you. 
Praise the Lord, everyone, and we thank God for your giving and for your sacrifice. Amen. We thank God for all that has been done. Amen. For us being able to worship the Lord and our giving on this morning. Amen. We're so grateful, amen, to have our, amen, our guest of honor with us today. And we thank God for safe travels, amen, that he has blessed him to be able to be in our midst this morning. And we're grateful for the presence of the Lord that is in this house. Amen. Truly, God is in this place, and we are ready, amen, to be blessed by the Lord. So at this time, amen, we're going to present, amen, after, amen, selections from the praise team, our guest of honor, amen, in the person of Bishop Linwood Dillard of the Citadel of Deliverance in Memphis, Tennessee. Amen. Let us receive him with a hearty amen. Amen. At this time, amen. After, amen. The, the next voice that you will hear, amen. After, amen. The choir will be that of our speaker of the hour. In Jesus' name. At this time, we're going to turn this portion of the service back into the hands of the praise team. Let us receive them in the name of the Lord. That's what he's done. That's what he's done. That's what he's done. 
what he's done. He didn't have to do it. But I'm glad he did. He kept me every day. When I didn't want to keep myself. He's been my keeper. He's been my healer. He's been my provider. If you know the Lord has done great things for you, you ought to clap your hands and praise the Lord, everybody. That's what he's done. That's what he's done. That's what he's done. Let me hear you say that's what he's done. That's what he's done. He saved my soul. He filled me with the Holy Ghost went to the meeting one night my heart wasn't right came down to the altar start calling on Jesus he touched me did the Lord ever touch you let me see you wave your hand if the Lord ever touched you that's what he's done that's what he's done for me. Come on, clap your hands and praise the Lord. Come on, clap your hands like the devil's head is in between them and give God praise. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory to God. Lift those hands up all over this place. That's what he's done for me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Come on, let's just fill this house with words of praise, words of glory. Come on, I know you have your mask on, but press that praise through that mask. For the Lord has done great things, whereof we are glad. He has done great things. He has done great things. 
If you know it, you can join in with me. Oh, he has done great things. Bless his holy name. Bless his Oh, any worshipers in this room? Let me hear you sing it. Name. Can we say it again? He has done great things. Everybody lift it up. He has done great things. He has done great things. I wonder how many worshipers in the room that can sing it with us. He has done great things. Oh, he has done great things. He, he has done, he's done great things. Bless his holy name. Oh, bless his whole. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. We can sing it one time. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is with me. Everybody said, I will bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, that sounds wonderful and all, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, oh. Oh, we got to sing it one more time. Let's raise the roof. Let him hear you all the way down the street. Ring it out everywhere. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my soul. Oh, and all. Oh, that is within me, that is within me, that is within me. Bless, bless his home. Oh, Lee. Oh, bless his holy name. Now I want everybody that you know that God has been good to you and he's done great things. For the next 15 seconds, I need you to lift your hands and open up your mouth as loud as you can and give God the biggest, the loudest, the most radical praise you ever given him in your entire life. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, hallelujah, 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 glory, 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 oh, come on, come on, come on, press that praise out, press that praise, hallelujah, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, Thou art worthy, thou art worthy, thou art worthy, thou art worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, glory. Oh, come on, beloved. Come on, people of God. Let's fill this house with words of praise, words of thanksgiving, words of adoration. We give you all of the glory. We give you all of the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now clap those hands like the devil's head is in between them. Come on. Clap your hand like you know you got victory. 
Hallelujah. We're getting ready to move on. I didn't mean to do any of that, but the presence of the Lord is here. And I need you to witness to somebody next to you and, and look at them dead in the eyeball and say, neighbor. Come on, tell them neighbor. Tell them God is up to something. And you're right in the middle of it. Now tell them something good is getting ready to happen to you right now. Now send up a great big shout in this place. Hallelujah, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of God right now in this place. My soul does burn within. I feel Jesus in this place. Clap your hands one more time and praise God. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that will not consume, because his compassions they fail not, but they're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, unto me. I wonder, do I have at least five witnesses in here that know God has been faithful? I uh, look like I got a little more help on this side over here. I said, anybody know that God has been faithful? And the Lord has kept us through this pandemic. And I have that testimony. I think the wine and sung it years ago said millions didn't make it. But I'm glad I'm one of the ones that did. And I think we ought to praise God one more time for keeping us his grace, his mercy. Grace and peace to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to stand uh, behind this sacred desk and in this wonderful uh, atmosphere of God's presence and God's glory. What a historic church and what a, an impact that this ministry has had in this city and around the nation for a number of years. And we're just so blessed and highly favored to be able to come today and celebrate with this man of God, this woman of God who serves. Amen. Oh, I got some help over here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pastoring and leading is not easy. But we certainly thank God for the Bishop W. Michael Fields on today as God has used him these 10 years to lead, to preach, to pray, to inspire, to encourage, and to uplift. Thank you, sir, for your sacrifice, your labor of love, and all that you mean to the kingdom of God and especially to this congregation. And I'm so glad to join in with this congregation today to say congratulations, thank God for you, and we believe that the best is yet to come. Can we praise God? Make some noise for the bishop, Michael Fields, and you cannot honor him without honoring the first lady. Let's praise God for elect lady, Melissa Fields on today. God bless you. We love you. We honor you. And we thank God for what the Lord has done in your life and through you standing by the man of God's side as you navigate these seasons. The Bible indicates to us that as time would grow, men would become more wicked. And indeed, we're living in those times. And inasmuch as we've seen challenges throughout the history of the church since its existence, there are no group, there's no group of leaders 
that have had the challenges that the challenges of today's spiritual leaders have because people are more wicked. That means that they have a greater task and uh, it makes their job a little harder. You can look around in your own life and see things are not like they used to be, far from it. People have no love for God, no concern about the Bible, but we still thank God for men like Bishop, Bishop Fields that stand to declare the word of God in these dark and evil times that will cause men and women to come to Christ. We certainly thank God for all of the ministry team and leaders, staff here that is associated with this church to the assistant pastor, the elder Ronald Young. Let's praise God for him. We honor you on today. And to all of you, my father's children, and I understand some of you never, most of you probably never ever seen me before. You don't know me, but I want you to know that I am saved and I am sanctified. I am baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I do speak in tongues that the Spirit of God give utterance. And uh, if y'all keep on acting how you're acting, I might strike out with a praise with you. It's Sunday morning. I came to have some church today. I said I came to have church. And guess what? I expected to have church when I came here. Hallelujah, because God certainly is good, and today we're celebrating what God has done. Listen, the hour is growing, and I certainly uh, don't want you all to uh, look at uh, Bishop and the team and say, don't ever bring him back. Amen. But I pray that you be blessed by what the Lord has given us to share. If it is all right, would you stand to your feet and grab your Bibles? I want to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 23, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was here three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest, that, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. God bless the hearers, readers, and doers of his most holy word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you with consideration from the passages of Scripture we've just read. I want to talk about unexpected changes for a few moments. Can everybody say that unexpected changes? Come on, say it again, unexpected changes. Can you clap your hands and praise God for the word of God and what God will share with us this day? Unexpected changes. There, there is, I believe, several things that a child of God, and especially those who serve in the kingdom of God, must possess in every aspect of their life, every turn of their life, every moment of their life, really, if you ask me, and that is faith. Somebody shout faith. I believe that is the key 
to having the kind of life that Jesus Christ would have us to experience. And even as we look at the scriptures, the word of God, we will see many of those who we read about and teach about and preach about and we even admire and admonish. And if we're not careful, we'll read the Bible as if it's some kind of comic book <clears throat> with some type of superficial character or characters that really were not real. But when you really study Scripture, you will find that many of the people that we preach about and sing about and shout about were common people like you and I, but they had faith. Somebody shout faith. And I found out that that faith is necessary for the child of God to be able to endure whatever challenge, especially the enemy, may bring our way. And if there's one character flaw that we should be without if we are men and women of God, and that would be that we are quitters. A child of God should never quit. You, you want to know one reason why Bishop Fields is still here today is because he didn't quit. He didn't quit. As a matter of fact, some of you in this room, you've had some situations and some changes and some challenges and things that have come in your life that the enemy would have caused you and tempted you to throw in the towel and to quit. But as we have this faith, possess this faith, that we're talking about this morning, uh, it causes us to be able to endure, to go through. As a matter of fact, in, in the Word of God, we are admonished over and over again to endure, to stay in the fight to the very end. Did y'all hear what I just said? To stay in the fight to the very end. Jesus said, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And so when we even look here in the, this particular passage of Scripture this morning, uh, the book of Hebrews, we read uh, starting at verse 23, but if you look in that earlier part of the chapter, you will find where the writer of Hebrews defines faith for us. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things not seen. And then he continues on in Hebrews chapter 11. He says, for by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things that do appear. And then we find where the writer of Hebrews introduces us to a number of individuals from the sacred text of old that was entered into what people have called the hall of faith. I didn't say the hall of fame, but the hall of faith. Because there are a lot of people who want to be in the hall of fame. But God is not looking for famous people. He's trying to find somebody that is faithful. And so he introduces some faithful people to us. He says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. And then he gives us more revelation about this faith. He says, but without faith. I wish I had a church here this morning. It is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must first of all believe that he is, 
and not only believe in his existence, but believe something about him. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, there are a whole lot of people say that they believe there is a God, but they don't believe anything about God. There's a difference between believing in God and believing God. Because there are some people that may not deny the reality and existence of God, but they don't believe things about him. Can I get a witness in here? He says, if you want anything from God, he says, you've got to believe that he is a rewarder. And not only is he a rewarder, he's like what I heard that old lady say years ago, God is something else. And not only is God a rewarder, but he's something else. He's a way maker. He's something else. He's a healer. Hallelujah. Not only that, but he is a provider. He's a tear wiper, a jaw bringer, a cancer killer, a demon buster. I wish I had a witness in here. God is something else. He says, not only did he introduce Enoch and Abel into the hall of faith, but he says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not have seen yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Then he introduced Abraham into the hall of faith. He says, by faith, when Abraham was called, he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance. Ladies, you weren't left out the hall of faith. He introduced one by the name of Sarah. Abraham's wife had said, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive a seed. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. And then he introduces somebody else into the hall of faith that was a strange increase to the number of people, a strange person. We could understand perhaps through our eyes, Abraham. We can understand perhaps Enoch. We can even understand Jacob. But he includes in the hall of faith, and I don't want you to rush me out of here when I read what the Bible said. I didn't put it there. It was there. I'm just reading what he said. He included a prostitute into the hall of faith. He said, by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she received the spies with peace. Now, before you start judging Rahab, Try to act like that she doesn't have a place in the hall of faith. Some of us may need to look back over our lives and remember that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and accept that we're not for the blood of Jesus Christ and the work of Jesus Christ. We too would be doomed and damned. But one day I came to Jesus just like I was. I was weary, I was wounded and sad, but I found in him a resting place. Ah, oh my God, is there anybody glad that the Lord looked beyond your sins and your fault and changed your life and changed your mind? And guess what? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit and whoever minds the thing of the flesh, amen, he walks in it and whoever minds the thing of the spirit is of the spirit of God. Not only that, when you skip down to verse 32, he says, now listen to what he says here, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, of Samuel, 
of all of the prophets, listen to what these men and women did, who through faith they subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of the lions. They quenched the violence of the fire in the Bible people in here today. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. So that means that even if it looked like they lost on this side, thank God if I die a martyr's death, it is not the end. For to live is Christ, but to die is to gain. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. So even if there's an attack, if the man or woman of God, as we've seen in Scripture, died a martyr's death, that was not the end of their life. As a matter of fact, they thought they had taken Jesus' life. He said, destroy this temple, just give me three days, and I'm going to get up again. And it isn't wonderful to know that people of God, that in this life, if we only have hope we are men most miserable but thank be to God that if we live right and we do what God has called us to do on this side I got another building not made by man's hand he said all of these having obtained a good report through faith receive not the promise but God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should be made perfect. He said, I have something better. And should I say, somebody better. And in order to get the Hebrews' attention, it was interesting to me that the writer of Hebrews, we don't know who the exact author of the he, writer of, he, of the epistle of Hebrews is. Some have said it's Apostle Paul, considering the resemblance of uh, his writings. But the writer of Hebrews, he, he writes to the saints who are Hebrews. He writes to them and, and he perhaps is trying to get their attention to understand that it is not about all the things relative to the old covenant because they had some people who were in the New Testament church that were still trying to hold the saints to those who were being converted to the old standard under the old dispensation. And so he says, I have to get your attention. If you just notice the scriptures that we read, at least one scripture per person that was included into the hall of faith. But when he gets to Moses, he spends a little more time talking about Moses. Now, now, why would he talk more about Moses than he did with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Why would he, would he just spend one scripture on Sarah and, and Rahab and Enoch, but yet he spends several scriptures on Moses? Now, what we have to understand about Moses is Moses was held in high regard in the minds and in the life of the nation of Israel. Even after they're converted and become Christians and they become believers, 
Moses was the most relevant person in the life and in the mind of the Hebrews. And so I believe that the writer of Hebrews says, in order for me to get your attention, let me really help you understand the life of Moses and the purpose of Moses' life and why he was sent. As a matter of fact, when you look at Moses, I submit to you that Moses has some similarities of Jesus Christ not being Jesus Christ because Moses and all of the prophets pointed toward Jesus Christ. But when you look at Moses' life, you will find that both Moses and Jesus were where they were preserved from the perils of their infancy. Both of them were tempted but have mastery over evil. Both of them knew what it was to fast for 40 days. Both of them had power to control the sea. Both of them fed a multitude. Both had a radiant faith. Both endured murmurings. Both were mighty intercessors. Both spoke as oracles of God. Both had 70 helpers. Both established memorials and both reappeared after death. Now, I know some of you may get a little nervous when I say that, but Moses did appear with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. When they were standing there, Peter, James, and John, Peter looked out and said, it's good for us to be here. And he made an erroneous statement and said, I think we need to build three tabernacles. One for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. God said, I don't want you to get it twisted. He let a cloud come over the mountain. And the Bible said that when the cloud rolled away, nobody was standing there but Jesus. So inasmuch as you may revere Moses, do not make any mistake about it. It's all about Jesus. I dare you to look at somebody next to you and say, neighbor, it's all about Jesus. But he says, since you are so in high regard, giving credence to Moses. Let me share something with you about Moses who had this faith. But not only did he have faith, but his parents had faith. As a matter of fact, at the time that Moses is born, the nation of Israel is going through tremendous oppression because there is a leader that has been raised up that did not know the God of Joseph. And because he had some insecurities, he became a dangerous leader. Now, let me tell you something, people of God. You have to be careful when you are around some people who are insecure. Insecure people can be jealous-hearted. Insecure people don't trust anybody else. Insecure people don't know how to embrace and love anybody else. And one of the worst things that you can have, especially in ministry and in church leadership, is an insecure leader. Insecure leaders don't know how to handle other gifted folk. Insecure people don't know how to handle somebody else that also know how to pray and put something together. But when you are secure in who you are, it doesn't matter who comes around you. It doesn't matter how gifted you are. You know who who you are and whose you are. Can I get a witness in here? Pharaoh was insecure and he said, I'm going to make it hard for the Israelites. And so he intensified their work. But not only that, he said, it's too many of them. They're going to get so big until they'll turn us and take us out. So I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to kill all of the male children. And at the time that they were being afflicted, 
And at the time that the order went out to kill all the male children two years and younger, the Bible said that the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied, and the more they grew. Good God Almighty. I'm just going to quote that one more time. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. Can I tell somebody today that affliction and attack is not an excuse to stop? But I found out that in the moment of affliction and attack, it's the greatest opportunity to do what you've never done, go where you've never gone, have what you've never had, see what you've never seen, and receive what you've never received. Because when God is for you, I don't care who's against you, there's not a demon or a devil in hell that can stop what God has for you. There are too many people who are quitting and walking away and throwing in the towel but I hear the Holy Ghost saying, if you hang in here a little while longer, I'll grow you, I'll expand you, I'll take you higher. Guess what? Things didn't make me bitter. It made me better. Some of you in this room, you're allowing the situations in your life to make you bitter. And one of the things that breaks my heart it's to see somebody say they have faith and they're bitter and pitiful. Let me tell you something. God can't do anything with pitiful things. Did y'all hear what I said? God can't do anything with pitiful things. You have to have faith in him. Just crying and moping around and wanting to walk away. But every now and then with tears in your eyes. Your heart broken. Your spirit wounded. Sometimes you just have enough strength just to get in the house. But when you press your way and when you get in God's presence, it doesn't matter what the enemy has done against you. I want you to know that Jesus Christ left something on record that I think we miss. He said, upon this rock, what rock? The revelation of who I am. The Christ, the son of the living God. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. There's not a period there. He said, and the gates, what my church had in here. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. He didn't say it wouldn't come against you. He just said it will not prevail against you. That means no weapon that's formed against me shall be able to prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. Listen, the devil is a liar. I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. I'm not resigning. I'm not walking away. I'm not backsliding. They used to sing a song in the church I grew up. I came over here to stay, Lord. And I'm going to stay until I die. The more they afflicted them, they kept on growing. They kept getting better. They kept getting stronger. Guess what, you all? The reason why some of you need to be shouting right now is because if the enemy knew what he had done to you was going to produce what was produced in you, he would have never bothered you. That's why Paul said, in everything, he didn't say for everything, because some things doesn't look like you need to thank God for them, make you cry. 
but he said in everything. There's a difference between for everything and in everything. So even if you can't thank him for it, you can thank him in it. Can I get a witness in here? I need to pause for station identification to see how many people of faith I have in this room that can thank God in everything right now. I don't know what's going on in your life, but can you thank God in it? Yeah, yeah, glory to God. And I found out sometime while you praising God in it, he'll turn things around for you. While you're praising God in it, he'll show up. Glory to God. When you praise God in spite of you, you're like David. I will bless the Lord at all times and what my church at, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us. Let us. That's why we came to church today. Let us exalt his name together. The Bible says that Moses was conceived at a time that was dangerous. At a time where he was born with a sentence over his head to die and be killed. The Bible said that Moses' mother and his father, we just read it in the text. The Bible said when they saw he was a proper child. The proper child means that he was a beautiful, good-looking child. He was a child that had favor on him. When the parents saw what was on him, they all together perhaps didn't know what kind of baby and who he really was in God's sight. But somehow God gave them the discernment to look at this child and say, we can't do to him what they want us to do. And so Moses' mother said, I tell you what, I'm going to hide my baby and I'm going to put him in a safe place. And she built, y'all know the story, she put him in a little makeshift ark. And the safest place, Bishop, would have seen to me hiding him in the house somewhere. But she took her baby and put him in the Nile River where there are alligators and crocodiles and anacondas and all kind of river monsters in the river. Wait just one minute. Wait a minute. Moses comes into a situation he didn't ask for and then here he goes through another change that he doesn't even know what's going on around him but somebody is carrying him. Somebody is handling him but yet God providentially is ordering the steps and the minds of his parents and put him in the most dangerous place. But as God would have it, Pharaoh's daughter, the man in charge found herself bathing in the Nile River. And that little makeshift ark at the right day. Y'all hear me, brother preachers? God let the wind blow in the right direction. That that little ark floated right over in front of her. Heard a baby cry, open up the ark, and she saw this baby. What are you suggesting to me? Sometimes, I'm going to see how many people are going to rejoice on this. Sometimes uh, the most dangerous situation can be your transportation. Transportation, come on here somebody, to introduce you to your destiny.
Because the destiny of Moses was to be a deliverer, but the only way he could be a deliverer, he had to go through Egypt. And how could he go through Egypt? And he's a Hebrew. He's supposed to be killed. God allowed that boat to float in the right direction. And when Pharaoh's daughter opened it up, she saw the same thing Moses' parents saw. Y'all know how it is. When you have a child, you believe your baby is the best looking baby. And some of you know some of these babies, you know. <laughs> Don't nobody else see it but the parents. But what Moses' parents saw, when Pharaoh's daughter opened up that ark, she saw the same thing. That lets me know when favor is on you, I don't care who sees you, where you go. It's not just because you're around church folk. Favor will follow you home. It'll follow you on your job. It'll follow you to the bank. I wish I had a witness in here. It'll follow you in the restaurant. Everywhere you go, you got favor on you. Look at somebody next to you and say, favor sure does look good on you. Favor is on your life right now. It's not just because we're in church together, but wherever you go, the favor of God will follow you. And favor was so much so on Moses that he goes through another unexpected change. She said, I'm not killing this good-looking baby. Brought him in her house. But she said, I need somebody to come and be the nanny. I need to make a job posting. I need to hire somebody to come and nurse this baby. And Moses' big sister Miriam said, I know the right lady for the job. And she went home to her mother and said, Mama, Pharaoh's daughter is hiring a nanny. And I think you'll be right for the job. And check this out. Moses' mother got paid for doing what she was supposed to do anyway. Can I just put that in here to tell you when you do what God has told you to do, circumstances may not always be like you want it, but get ready to get paid. I just dropped a word of prophecy in this place. If you're in your calling and doing what God has called for you to do, God said, I'm going to give you the favor and I'm going to let you get paid for doing what you're supposed to do anyway. If you receive that word, I need you to open up your mouth and shout right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. The Bible says that she goes and bring Moses into her house. Moses, who is a Hebrew, but he's raised as an Egyptian. He's raised to understand Egypt customs, eating Egyptian food, wearing Egyptian clothes having an Egyptian education. But down on the inside, he's still a Hebrew. See, let me tell you some people of God, even though you may go through changes like Moses, where you are does not have to define who you are. Let me say it one more time. Where you are does not define who you are. You can be in the ghetto, but that don't mean you have to be ghetto. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. 
Though folks said it like this, a sweet potato is in the ground, is in the dirt, but when you cut it, cut it open, it's clean. It's sweet. Why? Because you can be in it, but not of it. And many times we allow where we are to define us. Moses, even though that he is raised like an Egyptian, at the core he's still a Hebrew. See, you got to remember no matter what you go through in life, you're still who God called you to be. You're still what, call, what God called you to be. It doesn't matter where you are. That's why you can't have these lightning bug saints. You light up in church and go out on the parking lot. Nobody else know that you're saved. Nobody else know that you believe God. You're one thing in church and another way at home and another way at work and another way at the mall and another way at the park. I wish I had a witness in here. But when you are who you are, no matter where you are, you are a child of God. Where you are does not change. I must stepped on somebody's toe. Look like y'all got a little quiet on me in here. See, see, we got to learn how to be consistent. And that's why we have so many people who are so hypocritical in the church because they want to be one thing here and there's something else at home. Hallelujah. But what God is calling for is some consistency in our character. And that's what God was trying to develop in Moses. I believe, brother preachers, that Moses' mother said, boy, I don't care what they feed you. I don't care what they put on your back. I don't care what you learn in their schoolroom. You're still a Hebrew. By the time he's 40 years old, the first 40 years of his life, he's learned how to be a somebody. He's learned how to be an Egyptian prince. But God says, I need to prepare you for your next and so he allows this thing in Moses to rev up when he sees one of his kinfolk wrestling and fighting with an Egyptian. And he kills the Egyptian. He takes on himself to be the deliverer by committing a murderer and then try to hide it. God says, I want you to be a deliverer, but not like that. But I need you to do it my way. And the Bible says, check this out, that Moses experienced rejection, another change from his kinfolk and the people that raised him. He received rejection from the Hebrews and the Egyptians. And he found himself in exile and ran out of town. Here it is, first of all, Moses' first 40 years of his life, he learned how to be a somebody. But the next 40 years of his life, he becomes a nobody. Wait a minute, that's a little backwards. Usually you start at the bottom and work your way up to the top. But look like God allowed Moses to be at the top and then said, I need to take you through the wilderness. See, people of God, let me tell you something before God can take you to your promise. Everybody have to go through the wilderness. I'm sure we look at Bishop Fields today after 10 years in the ministry and we would be excited to be able to see what God has done. But what you don't know is that men and women like Bishop Fields have had some wildernesses. And some of you in this room, you know what I'm talking about. People judge you and look at you, but they just don't know what it takes to be you and what it took for you to get to where you are before you can get to your promise and the manifestation of what God had promised unto you. You've got to go through a wilderness. How do you know you're in the wilderness? Hey man, when you look at that word wilderness, the base word is wild. You know you in the wilderness when stuff goes wild on you. Your health gets wild wild and your relationships get wild you're in a place of isolation nobody but you and God sometimes God has to pull you out from everybody else and get you in a place by yourself 
And some of you are crying about this season of isolation that you're in, but I hear the Holy Spirit saying it's all on purpose. Just don't die in the wilderness. You got to go through the wilderness. I know depression wants to hit you because things are not like you want it to be. Your money is wild. Your family is wild. Your friends are wild. Your health is wild. But let me tell you something. God is in the wilderness with you. The first 40 years, Moses learned how to be a somebody. But then God had to humble him and balance that power and the exposure that he had. said, I don't want you to get ahead of yourself. I think we can look at Paul and see that he had the same testimony. Before he got saved, he was on the mountaintop. He knew 14 languages. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He was a man, a, a Hebrew. He, wasn't a, a, he was a man that had to have the Pharisees and, and all of the learning. But he said, I counted it as dung. He had to be let down on the side of the wall in the basket and found himself in Arabia in the wilderness for a few years. Jesus Christ, when he was anointed by God, the Bible said he went into the wilderness 40 days. And if you can't go through your wilderness, you can't get to your promise. But I come to tell somebody today, if you can survive this season, the next stop is the promise. I need you to help me preach and tell somebody if you can survive this season, the next stop is the promise. Anybody believe that God is getting ready to bless you beyond your wildest dream and your testimony is, I survive. I need about 50 people to open up your mouth and say, I survive. Oh, come on, say it again, I survive. One for the Father. Come on, shall I survive? Y'all getting ready to make the devil real mad in this place because he wants you to quit throwing the towel, walk away, and resign. But somebody shout, I survive. Now look at somebody and say, neighbor, out of all I've been through, I still have my joy. I still have my testimony. I still have my dance. I still have my praise. I still have my faith. Moses goes from walking through the palace of Pharaoh. Now he's walking in a desert. Takes on the job becoming a shepherd. God said, I'm going to use all of this says, I'll let you learn how to speak and i let you learn how to stand before kings. I'll let you eat the best of the best. But now I need to teach you some humility. And I need you to learn some more things about leadership. Because in Pharaoh's house, you learn government and structure. But out in this field, you're going to learn how to serve from your heart and love and be patient with sheep. Here he is watching over a man's sheep, eventually marrying his daughter, Jethro. The Bible said one day, Bishop Field, while he was walking in the wilderness, he saw a bush on fire. Nothing strange about a bush on fire in the wilderness. People always saw bushes on fire, but he came back a few hours later and was still on fire. It's all right. Come back later, it was still on fire. Moses said, wait a minute, here's something strange about this bush. And he started walking toward that bush. Then he heard a voice and said, Moses, draw not thy hither. Take off your shoes. For the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. 
Now watch this. Moses is 80 years old now. First 40 years, Egyptian prince. Second 40 years, he's a desert prophet. First 40 years, he's a somebody. Second 40 years, he's a nobody. 80 years old. You would have thought that God couldn't do nothing with him. But God said, man, you read it now. Because you've gone through 80 years. Good God Almighty. What are you saying? When you look at Moses' life, he lived to be 120. That means two-thirds of his life, I submit to you, was preparation for one-third of his life of leadership. Let me say it one more time. Two-thirds of his life was spent to prepare him for one-third of his life, which he will lead. When you look at Jesus' life, 30 years he lived on earth before he started his earthly ministry, which only lasted three and a half years. So there was only 30 years of earthly preparation for three and a half years. Can somebody please explain to me, how is it that Moses, two-thirds of his life is preparation, one-third is for leadership, Jesus Christ, 30 years of preparation for three and a half years, and somebody gets saved three and a half days ago, and now they're an apostle. Now they're a bishop. Now they're, why y'all want to talk back to me in here? How, how, how is it now that you can be an overnight wonder? Now you can overnight can do and become anything that you want to become. But Moses had to go through two thirds of preparation. And God said, Moses, I want you to go back now and tell Pharaoh that I said, let my people go. He said, wait a minute, God, I can't go. Number one, I have a speech impediment. God asked him a question, said, who made your mouth? I knew when I told you to go that you had a deficiency. And one thing I love about God, God has a way, good God Almighty, of looking past your deficiency. And some of you trying to make excuses based upon what you can and cannot do. But the reality is God is not just saying what can you do, but what can I do through you? They used to sing a song years ago that said, Jesus said, if you go, I'll go with you. Open up your mouth and I'll speak for you. Then he said, Lord, if I go, tell me what you say, for they won't believe on me. Moses said, Lord, I can't go. I can't speak. He said, well, I'll tell you what, take Aaron with you, your brother. And he'll stand with you. And then he said, what is that you have in your hand? He said, it's that rod that I picked up in the wilderness to lead these sheep through the desert. He said, make sure you have it. As a matter of fact, I want to show you something. Throw down that rod on the ground. And it started wiggling like a snake. And then God said, put it back in your hand. It turned back into a rod. And then Moses began to think and say, well, who am I going to tell them that sent me? And uh, uh, God spoke back and tell him, I am sent you. In other words, he tells him, I am the self-existent one. There was nobody before me. There's nobody like me right now. And there'll be nobody after me. Hallelujah. He says, I am the one who was, who is, and is to come. I am the self 
existed one. And one thing I love about the I am, Jesus even said, I am. He said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good door. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection. Can I get a witness in here? He said, I want you to go down and tell Pharaoh that I said, let my people go. And you know the story. Moses went through another change where he ended up standing before Mo before Pharaoh. And when he gets before him, the Bible said that God had hardened Pharaoh's heart, but he would not release them. Now, wait a minute, God. You called me to do this. You called me to stand before this king, but you're going to allow his heart to be hardened. But what you don't understand about Egypt is that Egypt, they worship idol gods. They worship the moon. They worship the stars. They worship frogs. They worship the water. Or they believe that other gods control all of the elements. And God said before I release my people, I need to teach Pharaoh and Egypt a lesson. I need to show them who's God. So in order to show them who's God, he allowed Pharaoh's heart to be hardened. And God said, I'm going to fight you. I'm not going to fight with a natural army, but I'm going to take frogs and flight. I'm going to take lice and flies. I'm going to turn the water into blood. I'm going to black out the sun and the moon that you worship for days. But then on the tenth plague, he said, I'm getting ready to let you out of here, but I need to establish something about the kingdom and how salvation will come to the world. He says, Moses, I want you to tell the nation of Israel, I want them to find a lamb. I want it without spot or blemish. No broken bone in his body. I want him to be the firstborn male lamb. And I want you to slay him. And I want you to drain the blood and put it in a basin. And I want you to strike the doorpost with the blood and put blood over the door. Because at a certain point tonight, that's going to be the death angel that's going to come riding through Egypt and every male child firstborn in Egypt or even Hebrew that's not under the blood shine they're going to die but the saints the Hebrews if you go in the house where the blood seal is when I see the blood I'll pass over you and I came to tell somebody that the blood the blood still works look at somebody say the blood still works what can wash away my sins what can make me whole again somebody shout nothing but the blood of Jesus your precious is that flow that makes me whiter than snow no other found I know somebody shout nothing but the blood there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all I said lose all their guilt and stain it reaches to the highest mountain it flows to the lowest valley the blood 
that gives me strength from day to day. Somebody shout, it will never, it will never lose its power. I need about 50 people to wave your hand and say, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. When you get home, you ought to plead the blood. Plead the blood over your children. Plead the blood over your marriage. Plead the blood over your house. Plead the blood over your job. Plead the blood over your body. Somebody shout the blood. Hey, glory. And when they got out, they got out of Egypt because Pharaoh said, I got to let you go now. But then God said, I'm going to change his mind one last time. They get before the Red Sea and Pharaoh's coming behind them. Mountains on either side and Moses is standing there. Another unexpected change. But God was right there with him. He said, what is that in your hand? He said, it's the rod. And he said, stretch it out. And when he stretched it out, they marched through on dry land. And I come to tell somebody what you need to do right now is stretch out on the word. Stretch out on the promise. Stretch out on the power of God. Stretch out. And when Moses and the children of Israel got on the other side, Pharaoh's army drowned. And Miriam, Moses' sister, took a tambourine. And the women start dancing. And they started singing. Said the horse and the rider have drowned in the Red Sea. And I came all the way to Washington, D.C. to tell somebody, get your tambourine. Get up. It's time to dance. The horse, the horse and the rider, they are drowned. And you've got the victory. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, you've got the victory. You've got the victory. The enemy you see today, you won't see anymore. It's over now. Hey, glory. Woo! Hey, 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 hey. Woo! Listen, I got to quit. I've been up here too long. But I need some people in here. You may have gone through some unexpected changes. It's time for you to stretch out and cross over. When I count to three, I need you to stretch out and cross over prophetically by faith. And I believe while you in God's house stretching and walking and stepping, he's getting ready to go to your house. While you in God's house, he's getting ready to go to your job. While you in God's house, he's getting to go to your bank account. While you in God's house, he's getting ready to do something in your body. 
while you're dancing in God's house. He's getting ready to do something in your mind. And when I count to three, I want you to stretch and I want you to cross over. And then I want you to rejoice like it's already done. One, two, three, come on and praise them. here. All things work together. It's working. Praise God if you know it's working. Woo! Praise Him. Ayabasha. Wait a minute. Now listen, what if Moses had quit because he was rejected? What if Moses had quit because he was in the wilderness? Even though he wanted to quit, watch this, God didn't give up on him. And I need somebody in this room that know that God didn't give up on you and has not given up on you and that he's not through with you yet. Hey, go by shot. But this is just the beginning for you. He's going to use you and bless you beyond your wildest dream. He saved the best for last. And your latter will be greater than your past. I need you to look at somebody and say, neighbor, your latter will be greater than your past. Now I need you to stretch and step one more time and give God praise in this place. Come on, give God praise. Hey, hallelujah. Glory. Woo. Hey, that's it. Get what you need. Praise them. Come on, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. I see help in the room. I see hope in the room. I see glory here. got 30 more seconds, pick up your feet, open up your mouth, clap your hands. If you can't dance, you ought to leap. If you can't leap, you ought to run in place. If you can't run in place, you ought to wave your hand. If you can't wave your hand, you ought to shake your head. But let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Come on, brothers. Come on, let's praise Him. Woo! Lord Jesus. Woo! I'm just giving you a chance to get it in. 
I'm giving you a chance to cross over. Hey! Send up another shout in this place. Come on, send up another shout in this place. Lift up your voice and give God the praise. Oh, Lord. Oh, come on, come on. Come on. Come on, praise Him. Come on and praise Him. Come on out of your belly, give Him glory. Oh, oh, oh. Lift those hands up all over the room. Moses went through a number of unexpected changes in his life that prepared him for what God had created him to do and to be. God's purpose for Moses' life was to be the deliverer for the nation of Israel. As we celebrate Bishop Fields, I'm sure there are a number of things that happened in his life that were unexpected. But this is what I love about God. All things work together. For the good of them who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. Every hand lifted, every head bowed, every eye closed. There's a great anointing in this room right now. God is touching, God is empowering you, he's lifting you, he's strengthening you right now. Receive his spirit, receive his glory upon you. All things work together. All things work together. All things work together. I may have to cry sometimes, but all things work together. I wasn't expecting certain things to happen, but all things work together. It may be a surprise to you, but it's no surprise to God. God is a God of provision, which means he's a God of prevision. And he saw it before you needed it and met it before you needed it. It's already done. Things will get better. In the end, if you have faith, God's word can be made manifest in your life that your latter will be greater than your past. Father, I thank you today. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity that you've afforded us to stand in your presence. To sense and discern your presence is a blessing. And today, God, there are many people as we come to honor you and celebrate your man and woman and servant. Many people came in today with questions. Some came discouraged and weighted down. 
But thank you for your word that have brought life and given light and brought revelation and strength to us in this moment. Give it us to know that it's not in vain. It all is a part of what you will use to bring us to who you would want us to be. And so we say thank you. We pray for endurance. We pray for patience. We pray, God, that you will let us see that you were there the whole time. Ah, glory to God. I don't know who that's for. God said, I'm right there with you. Even when you can't trace me, trust me. Even when you can't see me, believe that I'm right there with you. In Jesus' name. Lift those hands and worship God. I'm getting ready to take my seat. Worship God, worship God. Hey! Oh, yeah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I need to do two things, and I'm going to sit down. Somebody in this room, this word was for you. You've been going through changes. Things are happening. You don't like what you see, and some of you wanted to quit. But I came all the way from Memphis to tell you to hold on a little while longer. You're about to have a burning bush experience that will all make sense. If you in this room believe that God is not through with you, hey, and your burning bush is here today, I need you to do something. I'm not even going to call you down here. I don't have to lay my hand on you. The glory of God is about to hit you right where you are. Now, when I tell you, I need you to do exactly as the Lord will give it to me. When I count to three, if you believe that this is your moment and, and the devil is a liar and it's working for your good, when I count to three, I want you to leap as high as you can and shout glory and give God the most radical praise one more time you can give him. If you know that God is not through with you, your bush is about to burn. You believe that God, hey, is about to refill you. He's about to stir up that gift, that stuff that's been laying dead and dormant. God said, I'm getting ready to raise it up. I'm getting ready to stir it up. One, two, three, now, shout glory! Receive his glory. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Hey, be healed. Be healed. Be healed, be delivered, be set free, be healed, be delivered, be set free. Healing is in the room. Healing is in the room. Healing is in the Mahosha. Ikala Mahosika Yaba Baba Shata de Mosia. 
Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Have your way. 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 Hallelujah. My God, the presence of the Lord is here. In a moment, Bishop or assistant pastor will come and they will offer opportunity for salvation to anyone that wants to be baptized. They're going to come and give you that opportunity. But I want us to sow into the life of our bishop today. Amen. Now, don't do what typical church folk do when we are highly anointed and we start giving you come out of the anointing. Don't snap out of it now. I'm just as anointed as I was when I was preaching. I'm just as anointed as I was if I were dancing when I give. Let me tell you something. You don't learn how to live until you learn how to give. The art of living is giving. The labor is worthy of his hire. Many of you have already prepared and readied yourself to sow a significant and special seed in the life of our bishop and his wife and appreciation for all that they've done these 10 years and Andy's celebrating his birthday and their wedding anniversary is all this season, and we don't want this moment to pass by without letting our bishop know we can only imagine the unexpected changes you've experienced, but we want you to know that we love you and we support you in word and deed. We pray for you and we sow into you today. I need every person in this room that can share a seed of $100 to get that in your hand right now. I'm going to give a seed of $200 and I know that there are various ways to give. Obviously, if you desire to give cash or check, you can do so. Those who are watching online and those in the building that desire to give electronically, you can do so by texting to give. All you have to do is text GRTDC, GRTDC, to the number 73256. I said one more time, text G-R-T-D-C. Text that all in one word, one text, to the number 
256. Or you can go online to grtdc.org. grtdc.org. Of course, you're making checks. You can make it payable to Greater Refuge Temple of Washington, D.C. And if you're watching online and you just don't have the ability to text the give or go to the website, you can mail your check to 42056 Street Northeast, 42056 Street Northeast, Washington, D.C., 2000, I'm sorry, 20019, 20019. Now listen, I need everybody in this room that can sow a seed of 100 right now to stand all over the room. Don't lose your anointing. Keep praying. Keep speaking in tongues. Keep singing. Keep rejoicing. But let's give and let's be anointed while we're giving. Thank you so much all over the building. Bless you, young man. Come on, there's some others of you that need to give. Thank you, my brothers here all over the room. I need you to give and just trust God. Hallelujah. Listen, if you don't have that $100 seed, we're not here to embarrass you. If you don't have it, guess what? You don't have it. But you can do your best. And when you do your best, the angels in heaven can't do any better. And I found out that God will honor you just like you would have given that 100. Jesus stopped the whole offering processional and said, this lady gave more than anybody because she gave her last. Some of you need to trust God at that level by faith. Give God the best seed that you can today. Let's sow into our pastor, our leader. It may be $99.99. That's your best. Guess what? Nobody can take that from you, but let God have it. Trust him. Sow into this man of God. Sow into this ministry and watch what God will do. I need some others of you to stand right now with that 100. You say, I don't have 100. I have 75. I have 50. Whatever amount you have, stand right now. Our bishop is sitting here. He's standing here. We don't want him to have his heart heavy and his head hung down. Let him see that you love him and you support him. Yes, you are here, but let's show him in our giving right now. Come on, come on. I need some more of you to stand. Thank you so much. I need some more of you to stand. I don't care if it's 25. If your last is 10, I need you to get it in your hand right now. Let's sow. Let's give. Jesus said, if you bring the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. He says, prove me now here. Watch and see when I open the windows of heaven. Pour you out blessings that you won't have room enough to receive. How many blessed people do I have in this room today? Shout, I am blessed. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. Molly Music asked the question, anybody here blessed? Hallelujah. Let me ask this house. Anybody here blessed? Somebody shout bless. Hallelujah. Stand all over the room. Whatever gift, whatever seed, whatever amount, stand right now. Come on, come on. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Stand, stand, stand. If you don't have anything to give, we're not trying to embarrass you. I want you to stand right now. Keep it the same mode you were in, in that worshipful mode. Hallelujah. Come on. Stand all over the room. Stand all over the room. If you don't have anything to give, I want you to stand by faith. Glory to God. How many know God will bless you because of your obedience? Sometimes you may not have a dime, but you just say, I'm going to stand. They used to tell us, just walk by the basket. Don't put your hand in the basket. Just walk by it. Hallelujah to God. We don't want no trouble over here. Amen. Just walk by it by faith. We'll see what God will do. Thank you so much. This is wonderful. With uplifted hands all over the room. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you today for this worship experience. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the breakthrough. Thank you for the revelation and the release that we've experienced. As we celebrate this, your man servant that you've given unto us, 
for times such as this. God, we come today to honor his life and the ministry you've given him. And so, God, and I don't have to ask you to do anything because you already promised if we give, it shall be given unto us. Good measure, shaken together, pressed down, and running over shall men and women give into our bosom. Lord, I thank you that no one will suffer for what they give, but they will be blessed of thee. Rebuke and bind the wolf of poverty from every household. And we release increase our poor overflowing great favor. For all things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own do we give unto you. In Jesus' name, somebody shout, I am blessed. Anybody here blessed? Shout blessed. Listen, just step right out. Just come from all over the building. Come on, let's come and just sow. You don't have to wait on the next row. Just step out. Come on, thank you. Those that's given that $100, thank you. Hallelujah. The blessings of the Lord make rich and add no sorrow. Some of you that may not have anything to give, I need you to step out. I need you to come. Just walk by. I dare you to do it in obedience. Watch what God will do to you and through you and for you for your obedience. Let's trust God. It's turning around for me. That's it. Hallelujah. God's going to bless you for your obedience. Please no one leave. The invitation for salvation and baptism is about to be made. Who knows who in this house will experience life change. It's so wonderful. Let's continue to give. Anyone else? All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own do we give unto you. Everyone stand all over this room. Please stand. Please stand. And receive the man of God as he comes to take us further. Praise for the man of God today. Hallelujah. How you truly blessed us tremendously in the name of Jesus. Unexpected changes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You, praise God, there at home. Praise God. We want to pray for you in the name of Jesus. Praise God. You might be, amen, sitting on your couch. Amen. Near the fireplace. Praise God. But God have sending healing through the airway. Deliverance in the name of Jesus. Our God is able to do all things but fail, praise God. All you got to do is reach, amen, to your scream, however you watch it, and believe God, amen, for that healing that you expected, for that deliverance that you expected, and God's going to work it out for you in the name of Jesus. We believe it. Lord Jesus Christ, we do thank you and we praise you, God. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your healing power, God. Lord, touch like never before, oh God. Someone, oh God, began to speak in tongues. Oh God, as the Spirit of God gives utterance in the name of Jesus. God, we know, hallelujah, that you are able and that you will do it. God, we claim victory in the name of Jesus. Do it for your glory. In Jesus' name, glory to God. You here in the building, praise God. Hallelujah. If you want, amen, to be healed, delivered, want to be saved, glory to God. We ask you again. Come forward at this time, God. 
Whatever your need is, God is able to do it for you. Glory to God. But you got to take that first step. Come trusting and believing God that he's going to bless you, that he's going to heal you, that he's going to deliver you in the name of Jesus. God is able and he will. Hallelujah. God bless you. Pastor Fields here. I want to thank you for joining us today in our virtual sanctuary, worshiping with us today. I realize that you could have gone to someone else's church, worshiped with another congregation, but I believe God had you with us today, connected with Greater Refuge Temple of Washington, D.C. And we're honored to have you, honored to worship with you. I want you to stay connected with us Please do. Our technician will put that on the screen, how you can continue to connect with this ministry as we continue to connect with the will of our Father. We love you. We appreciate the time that you spent with us today. And it is my prayer that God spoke to your spirit and blessed your very life. God bless you till we meet again. Shalom, shalom.